Lessons in peace on another day in paradise. You can't teach what you don't know. You can't lead where you don't go. My wrists were hurting one night. I laid in my bed and I thought automatically to myself, the God I serve, Jesus Christ could do all things. He is a miracle worker. If he took me out of where I came from, he could heal my wrist. I heard a voice say, put olive oil on it. I prayed to be better able to hear God, and I'm learning now the Holy Spirit will talk to you. I applied the olive oil to both wrists, and instantly, my wrist pain was relieved. See, when you don't know, you don't know. When the truth sets you free, it always will be in Christ. When you don't go to Jah himself, you won't be able to lead, because it's him that is the master of you. I had to humble myself to this, and it's him that worked in me to get to this point in my faith. I am truly grateful. All praises to him. So the topic I hand today is simple. We're going to go directly to a Bible verse. Going to the book of Matthew, chapter 7, verses 3 through 5. And it reads as such. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye? But not considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye. Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, let me pull out the mote out of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own eye. Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. That was Matthew chapter 7, verses 3 through 5. And that's the topic of the day, simply. See, what I've come to realize in life is that it's a thin line between leading and manipulating. Very thin line. I've heard the phrase, there's a thin line between love and hate. You know, there's a pop popular movie with the same title. 
very toxic movie. If y'all ever seen that movie, I wouldn't recommend it. But hey, can't stop you from watching it. But if you do watch it, just 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 peep the toxicity in that. It's, it's actually insane how toxic that movie is. But back to the topic at hand, you know, with a thin line between leading and manipulating. When I thought about this, I was just thinking more so for myself and my life. Like, I've always felt that I had a different type of pressure compared to my peers. You know, not in the sense that, you know, I'm not accountable as much as my peers is accountable. But I always felt in a way that more eyes was on me. You feel me? I was always somebody that kind of stood to myself. But at the same time, a lot of people knew me. I remember growing up as a child. I remember clearly, actually, one day, this is crazy. I remember as a kid thinking in fourth grade, I'll never forget, fourth grade. I was like, I'm going to be bad. Never forget. Like, all the way up kindergarten to third grade, I was a pretty good kid, you feel me? Like most kids, I think that's that transition in period where we're, we're programmed to be rebellious through the type of cartoons we watch, the type of music we take part in. This stand the third because entertainment is programming. You feel me? Like the mind, the mind of a child. We all have a child mind. You feel me? In the sense that we always have the ability to learn something. And it's like when you're younger, you don't know as much as you know when you're older. You feel me? So you really like a sponge. You feel me? You're more absorbent to that type of information, the type of people you around. You know, that's why you have a lot of kids that have self-identity crisis. You feel me? Like bullying is more prevalent. I feel like elementary, middle school compared to high school. Don't get me wrong. You could get bullied all the way up until you a grown man, grown woman. You feel me? That's a whole nother topic. I'll definitely do a podcast on bullying. You feel me? Because the bullies is the insecure people. You feel me? They dealing with that trauma in a way that's just unhealthy. You feel me? But we definitely going to have a podcast for that. So going back to being a child and making that decision in fourth grade to be bad. It wasn't more so bad in the sense to like cause chaos or hurt nobody. It was just more so for me, like I made a decision in my life that I I love to see people smile. You know, that was a big phrase in my um season one, just to smile a little bit more. And and that's and that's the truth for real. Just smile just a little bit more, you feel me? It's a little bit more. It's, it's beauty in being able to see somebody smile. And as a child, I seen that. You know, when you smiling, like, it's like a medicine. Laughter is a beautiful medicine. When you make somebody laugh, like, you never know what somebody going through. You make them laugh, and that really will make their day for real. And that's kind of what that's kind of what stuck with me as a kid. Like, I bet I could see somebody laugh, so I'm going to make them laugh, make them smile. You feel me? If I could just make one person smile a day, I'm good. You feel me? And that's kind of how I went about it. But in my school, I went to a charter school. I went to Achievement First in Brooklyn. If you're from Brooklyn, you probably know about Achievement First. Especially if you're from East New York, you definitely know about Achievement First for sure. So it's like being in that, being in that type of environment, it's like prison, you know. You're wearing the same uniforms, you feel me? You're going to school for mad long. And then on top of it, you don't even have a summer break. Like, I remember having like two weeks of summer break. No, for real. Like, for real, for real, being in school in the summertime and whatnot. It was crazy. It was crazy, that school. And then we was going to school from 7 o'clock to 4.15 every single day besides Fridays. You feel me? We used to go from 7 o'clock 
715 to 1245. That was like our early release date. But 715 to 415. And you only getting like, I don't even think we got an hour recess. We get like 30 minutes recess and you back to the books. That is prison. You feel me? So I had to find some type of way to entertain myself. On top of already being pretty smart, you feel me? I was an intellectual. My mother always made sure that I was learning outside of school, in school. I was, it was fun to me, you feel me? I like learning. I ain't. That's one thing about Chima First. Like, everybody in there was mad smart, you feel me? Because it was a lottery, too, for that charter school. I don't know if they still do the lottery system. But it's a lottery to get in there. Like, you can't just get in that. So, you know, big ups to Achievement First, because as much as it was prison, I ain't going to sit here and deny the information I was given. Like, they was teaching us a lot, you feel me? Like, we was learning a lot, and we was getting busy. For real, for real, all the way from when I attended in kindergarten to when I graduated in eighth grade, full indoctrination in the charter school system. But what came with that, again, was the ideology in my mind to just be able to help people laugh just a little bit more, make them smile just a little bit more. And there is when I seen the consequences behind my actions, you feel me? Seeing that, all right, cool, you're going to want to do that, but it's going to be consequences that came with that. i never forget the first time that I ever played organized basketball, I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. It was in fourth grade. Like, I just seen this um, on YouTube, this revolt. The uh, They do, I forget what's the, like, branding of the matchups and stuff, but they got a bunch of rappers and stuff, and they rap. I mean, excuse me, they don't rap. They play basketball. And I seen Nardo Wick on there. He didn't know what he was doing. And that's that was me. Like, for real. I didn't know what I was doing. Like, exactly how he was. Like, yo, what's a pick and roll? All of that. I didn't know none of that. Like, I remember <laughs> I had a friend named Dre. You feel me? I haven't talked to him in a minute. But he was my bro back then for sure. And what you call it? I remember. i never forget. We was in a um, final championship game. He said, yo, every time you take the ball out of bounds, just throw it to me. And that's all I was doing. Chucking it deep. I'm talking about dots because i used to play baseball i was a baseball that was my first love you feel me? i love baseball and he's like yo just throw it you feel me because i didn't know what to do i didn't even know like the point system with basketball i didn't know what twos and three was i made one shot the whole i'm pretty sure the whole season it was in practice and i was mad hype mad hype to see the ball go through the rim and i was once one one time bro i remember i got fouled in a game and the coach literally had to explain to me yo you're going to the free throw line you got to shoot twice i break both of them you feel me? I didn't know what was going on. I was just with my friends. It was fun. You feel me? Just a different mindset as a kid. You don't care about none of that. You feel me? But um, I never forget the coach. Her name was Miss Charter. And she was my teacher. She was my kindergarten teacher, I remember. And she pulled me to the side. I, ne- I never forget this day. She pulled me before the game. And she was like, James, because of your behavior, like you're not going to be able to play if you continue doing it. She was like, I know you a good kid, but you hanging around a lot of bad influences, you feel me? Because the kids I was starting to hang out with was, quote, unquote, the bad kids, you feel me? i never forget. <laughs> I had a girl that I thought my mom was a bad kid, right? I'm like, yeah, you bad. You always in trouble. And I never forget. She was like, yo, you was bad in elementary school. I was like, dang, like, how am I had a bad kid tell me I'm bad, you feel me? So it all come down to perspective. But it's funny how it aligns perfectly with the verse of the day right so in in this in this verse right we got to break down kind of the context of this and within this this is matthew again matthew chapter 7 3 verses 5 and 
it's an illustration shout out number one to the blue letter bible the blue letter bible has helped me tremendously in me understanding the word more and they have a uh it's an app it's an app that you could get but you could also go online they have a website you know if you have a verse that you're reading and you don't really understand it you put blue letter bible at the end of it and it always gives you good commentary on what is actually being talked about within this verse so the commentary that i like to use i like to use david guzik his last name is spelled g-u-z-i-k excuse me g-u-z-i-k g-u-z-i-k so mr guzik excuse me uh, mr guzik he presents this great commentary for literally any verse that you want in the, in the word of God. It's immaculate. You feel me? And what he breaks down, what he breaks down this verse to ultimately being is an illustration of Jesus's principle regarding judging. All right. Regarding the judgment of one person. I think sometimes judgment can be confused as a condemnation almost of like all right i look at you and you're 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 destined to hell or you're destined to heaven you feel me god has that say as a man i don't have that say you feel me that's not my power right but within it i think judging i think a better terminology for judging would be assessing one's character you feel me because i i put it to you like this i have an analogy right if you're picking a babysitter you wouldn't want to get a babysitter that has a record of pedophilia molestation sexual harassment towards children you gotta assess their character first you feel me before you leave this person with your child you feel me and i think the same goes just for in life you feel me and this and this bible verse breaks it down perfectly so i'm gonna read to you again what the bible verse is the topic of the day and i'm just gonna kind of go piece by piece within Mr. David Guzik. Again, shout out to the Blue Letter Bible and this man himself, Mr. David Guzik's commentary on this. I think he breaks it down very well. And the verse reads as such, these, these verses, Matthew chapter 7, verses 3 through 5. And why do you look at the speck? Well, this is actually a better breakdown because I think the Bible verse that I have is the K it is the KJV version. I'm not actually sure what version he's using right now in this blue letter Bible. Excuse me, y'all. So if I'm reading it a little different from what the topic at hand was and how I read it from the verse before, excuse me. Because there are multiple translations in the Bible. I don't necessarily think that's an issue as far as understanding that it doesn't change the fact that yes, Jesus is God. And that's essentially what the whole Bible talks about. From Genesis all the way to Revelation. It's pretty, it's actually insane the more and more I see it. Because the Bible has so many different levels, you know. I've heard the saying that when you level up in life, there's new levels. And with those new levels come new devils.
So again, I'm coming from the Blue Letter Bible, the commentary of Mr. David Guzik, G-U-Z-I-K. And we're starting the reading from Matthew chapter 7, verses 3 through 5. And it reads as such. This again is from the Blue Letter Bible. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye and look, a plank is in your own eye. Hypocrite. First remove the plank from your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. So what I like about Mr. Guzik's commentary is that he breaks down each verse, right? And he breaks it down into essentially sections. So... Beginning with, why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? And he explains that the figures of a speck and a plank are real figures, but yet they're used in a humorous way. He says that Jesus shows us how we are generally far more tolerant to our own sin than we are to the sin of others. So... I've heard many sayings as far as like pointing the finger, but I, I came up with this one and it's the fact that the people who tend to point their finger forget that dirt can accumulate under their nails. All of this to say basically what Jesus was presenting within this verse, like we are quick to look at somebody else's sin, but not reflect on our own sin. Right. And Mr. Guzik, he goes on to explain that though there might be a literal speck in one's eye, there obviously would not be a literal plank or a board in an eye. I mean, I think that would be a, a major health issue. Right. I think that I think that's not what he was trying to point at during this. But Jesus used these exaggerated humorous pictures to make his message easier to understand and in fact more memorable to the people because if you think about a plank in somebody's eye and that man trying to tell you you got some dirt in your eye it's like hold on my boy you got a whole plank in your eye hold on talking about you feel me so again it is a humorous picture i think a lot of the times when we read the word we we look at it from a dogmatic relationship i think that comes from years of dogmatic um programming dogmatic institutionalization especially towards the black community but i also think that in every way shape or form in sex of christianity there's some type of wickedness that's being involved and we have to be more as believers of Christ aware of what's going on within the physical, like the building churches, these church institutions, because you got to understand the church is very much so involved with the government. Right. Very much so. And as the Bible preaches, the church isn't even about the actual physical location of where you go to praise and worship not to say that that place in itself is wicked right not to say that but the actual church are the people the followers of christ you feel me that's the actual church you feel me now going back to david guzik's commentary he goes on and he explains in another description of the verse 
Look at a plank is in your own eye. Look, a plank is in your own eye, right? Going back to the actual verse where it says, and why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye and look, a plank is in your own eye, correct? So what Mr. Guzik talks about, he breaks down Jesus indicating that the one with the plank in his own eye would not immediately be aware of it. He is blind to his obvious fault. It is the attempt to correct the fault of someone else when we ourselves have the same or greater fault that earns the accusation of a hypocrite, hypocrisy, right? So kind of just breaking down maybe like a quote unquote real life term, because I think when we speak in analogies, we may get caught up in the mix of understanding that it's more of a metaphor and it is not as literal as it is figurative right because again we're not actually talking about an actual person with a plank in their eye even though it makes it even more real to see you feel me somebody trying to tell you that you have a little something something in your eye and they got a big board in their whole head that's crazy you feel me so breaking it down is just almost to say that you as a human being right you have committed sin, right? And until you actually take the accountability of your own sin, focusing focusing on one's faults, flaws, own personal problems, etc., ultimately opens up spiritual clarity to better help others do the same, right? It's as if we as people, and this goes for everybody, including myself, we need to take more accountability. I think I brought up in my um my first pa- my first podcast this season about or if if it wasn't in the um what you call it the first podcast of this season it was my testimony for the season one finale, and in that I explained that you know it's interesting because accountability produces change and if you actually break down the words accountability. You have the ability to account for your actions that take ultimately the true change in a person. When you become more accountable of what you have done, what you're doing currently and what you will do, you produce change. So when you actually break down again, the word accountability, the ability to account, right? The ability to have that control, that power to observe your account. And when we talk about account, we usually think about money. We think about funds, right? And in that, it literally produces change, right? Literally the actual change, right? The change that comes from the funds. But in reality, anything that I would ever preach to anybody is that the money, the the physical paper is minute because that comes and goes, right? That's That's a game. That's a game of monopoly. They taught us at a very early age what the system of modern day Babylon is right because modern day babylon affects a lot of not only modern day babylon as i'm talking about the united states but also the world and how the world works because if you understand who controls the united states it makes a lot more sense because you got to understand there is a pyramid in a section of people that have certain roles that they need to play to make sure that everything is in accordance to what satan has to provide for the world 
right? It's interesting how this whole system works, but it's very intricately ran. But as God's people, when God opens up your, your spiritual eye, you feel me? I'm not talking about opening up your third eye chakra. Not at all. That has nothing to do with the Bible. Like, I'm just put you out right now. Chakras and all of that, that's worldly information, simply put. It may be masked as spiritual information, but when you open up your third eye, you are opening up spiritual gateways for demons to control you. Because you're trying to do it yourself. You're trying to go through this stand a third way to quote unquote evolve spiritually, but only God can do that for you. So if God, the most high Jesus Christ is not doing that for you, by default, Satan is doing that for you. You feel me? There's no if, ands, or but about it. If you want to question that, question it. Because the mind that doesn't question anything is an idle mind. And what do they say about an idle mind? They say it's the devil's playground. Big shout out to Relax Music Meditation, my peoples, good peoples, blessings and peace to y'all, coffee house jazz, calm jazz music, relaxing music, relax music meditation. They get busy, I get busy, and you got two people getting busy together, that's a force that can't be stopped under God. So blessings and peace to y'all. Much love. I appreciate this for real. This jazz be knocking. I hope y'all enjoy it for real. You feel me? I'll be, I be enjoying it. Real talk. So back to the verse. Where Jesus, he gives he gives the accusation of you being a hypocrite. Right? Going back to the actual verse itself. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye? But do not consider the plank in your own eye. Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye. And look, a plank is in your own eye hypocrites so that accusation of being a hypocrite right it ultimately comes down to a person who fusses about the small things in others and pays no attention to the great matters at home in his own person like the best way i could say it is imagine imagine a uh well, actually, I, this is actually a great example. You know, you you have fans that watch the NBA, and they're and they're so quick to say, "Ah, how how didn't he hit that shot?" Or, you know, if I was out there, I would have did this, that, and the third. Well, I'm gonna be the first one to tell you, right? Again, this is an analogy. I'll be the first one to tell you how difficult it actually is to understand what it takes to be doing what that person is doing. So instead of pointing the finger. You know, look in yourself and be like, you know, what would it take for me to do what they're doing? All this to say is that when you're looking at somebody else and you're saying, oh, this stand third, you're taking the accountability away from you. That is a cop out. OK, in other words, scary behavior. That's scary. I, because when you don't take accountability for who you are. 
and the sins that are in your life, you're giving that away spiritually to demons to continue to have that stronghold on you. You feel me? Because you got to understand you're very powerful in Christ. But what did I just say? You are very powerful in Christ. You feel me? You specifically. I can't be you better than you. Like when I used to say in the podcast, just, just, just be you a little bit more. You feel me? Be yourself to the max. Right? That's what I mean. Be yourself to the max in Christ. You feel me? Like I can't do the things that Christ has ordained for you to do. You feel me? And that's why I need my people I don't care who you are. My people are just people. You, listen, obviously, it starts in the community. It starts where I come from, right? It starts from the household. And once I leave my household, I'm an example of my household, correct? If I'm not, then I'm, I'm talking about that physically and mentally, right? That's just a physical and mental manifestation of what I mean. But what I mean spiritually is that my house is within Christ. You feel me? My treasures are not on this earth. My treasures are in heaven. I'm not from here. I'm not from here. So when I say my treasures are in heaven, that is the spiritual manifestation of understanding where my household is. So when you see me, there's no choice but for you to see Christ. That's the whole that's my duty. That's not an option. That's what I got to do as a prisoner of Christ. That's what I do. See, it's funny when you say prisoner, you think, oh, you locked up. You locked up. You feel me? Nah. But see, the thing is, I'm free in him. You feel me? I'm away, I'm away from the lockdown of this world because I understand the wickedness in this world. So when I am being used as a vessel for the most high, this is something that I pray for every day, every night, basically all day, because the Bible also tells you to pray without ceasing, right? That's in First Thessalonians, right? You want to figure out what chapter? You want to figure out what verse? I'm just leading you to the source. You feel me? You feel me? Listen. Somebody that likes to cook in myself, I understand that I could give somebody the recipe and y'all never cook it. You feel me? Y'all never at least attempt to cook it. So with these things that you may have questions about, right? Don't look at me as the source because I'm not God. You got to understand that I'm the vessel being used by God. I have an analogy. Imagine you walked into an art gallery. And there was a bunch of paintings everywhere. You feel me? Bunch of beautiful paintings. You walking around and you're like, yo, I wonder why. I wonder why this painting was drawn this way. Why this stroke was drawn this way. You know, maybe why this color was even here and used in this situation. But the whole time during your visit in the art gallery, you never asked the artists why they did it. All this to say is that the paintings are us, the creations of the most high, Jesus Christ, correct? And when you understand that the artist is there with you the whole time, the whole time, things get a lot easier. You feel me? Because you start to understand that you don't get your answers from men directly. You understand what I'm saying? A man can be used as a vessel to give you the answer because you can learn from anybody. But you have to direct it back to the source. You feel me? Back to the source. Now, we're finishing up with Mr. David Guzik's commentary, and he brings up the last point where in the verse it says, first remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. And Mr. Guzik, he explains that Jesus didn't say that it was wrong for us to help our brother with the speck in his eye. 
It is a good thing to help your brother with his spec, but not before dealing with the plank in your own eye. Accountability. Accountability is a biblical perspective. Like everything that we know in this world, whether it's tainted in wickedness, whether it is affected in righteousness, cleansed in righteousness, correct? Everything relates to the Bible. Every single thing. Like, I mean, from the movies that you watch, it's, it's going to try to disrespect the most high, especially if it, if it isn't a Christian film, an accurate Christian film at that. Because again, Christianity, the religion of Christianity is man-made. Christianity stems directly from Catholicism. And I think a lot of my people... We, we, what you call it, we look at the worldly knowledge and worldly religion so much that we don't understand that our God is way more powerful than what's being tainted within this world. You feel me? There's always some type of mockery to Jesus in any way, shape or form. And the more that you read the Bible, the more that you understand, like, all right, this is the get down. This is deep. This is deeper than what I think. They're mocking him. And they're promoting it to the masses because they understand that we idolize entertainment. You feel me? Well, all these different types of concerts, amusement parks, this, that, and the third. But they put all types of subliminal messages to mock the most high. It's very intentionally and intricately strategized. But at the end of the day, the God that the God of all, the most high Jesus Christ, he's everything good everything righteous and there's nothing that will ever deny that and there's nothing that will ever trump that but that's what hurts satan the most because again he's trying to be like the most high right all this to go back to the topic at hand today is matthew book of matthew chapter 7 verses 3 through 5 and essentially it is an illustration of jesus's principle regarding judging now, I said a different version of the Bible earlier, and I can honestly say now it's a little bit difficult with the wording. I understand that. But, you know, I'm going to present to y'all a cheat code. If you want to get past that barrier, if you want to get a true understanding of what God's word is saying, I'm going to give you the cheat code. All right, y'all ready for it? You need the Holy Spirit. Essential. Essential. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, when you are reading the word, it will look like gibberish. It won't make any sense to you. You got to remember that the Bible is the living word of God. The living word of God. You have to understand that this book that we call the Bible, when you read it, it also reads you. You need the Holy Spirit to be able to accumulate the spiritual knowledge the spiritual discernment the spiritual understanding to understand his word that's the humility you feel me that's the true humility that we have to come through you feel me we have to go and humble ourselves to the lord of lord king of kings jesus christ you need to it's essential it's not an option it's a duty because by default if you're not doing that you have the antichrist spirit within you Think about it. What's anti-Christ? If, if I'm saying I am, um, what you call it? I'm anti-abortion. What does that mean? Right? I'm not saying to abort children. You're killing them. 
that's crazy. You're killing a creation. Right? I'm not I'm not pro-life because that's political. I'm pro-Jesus Christ. You feel me? That's way more. That's the truth. That's the way, the truth, and the life. You feel me? That's way more than this politics, all these politics that they be pulling on people. You feel me? But again, topic at hand today was simple. Matthew chapter 7, verses 3 through 5, and it reads as such. I'm reading from the Blue Letter Bible and the commentaries that come from Mr. David Guzik. Thank you, Mr. Guzik. Immaculate man of God. This is immaculate. Thank you. Very grateful for him. Definitely a vessel being used by the Most High, for sure. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye and look? A plank is in your own eye. Hypocrites. First remove the plank from your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. To wrap it up, I have a quote for y'all and it's simple. When you know better, you do better. Blessings. Peace. All of the fruit of the spirit. And above all else, all glory and honor to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you for this opportunity to be able to minister for your people, minister to your people. Thank you. Be easy, y'all.